Uh, well, hello. Um, I'm going to have to preach quick now um, because there's another service behind this one. And uh, so, so here is my 15 minutes on salt and light. Uh, who's heard the reading before? Don't shout out. Raise a hand. Um, probably you have at some point. Um, so um, the thing about salt, um, and there's some words on the screen that are going to help you and help me um, if we go to the, the one after this, um, is that uh, we transform the world by enhancing it. As Christians, we transform the world by enhancing. Uh, so, um, we all know about salt. Some of us are told we shouldn't be eating salt because it's bad for our, um, our various bits of our body and, 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 it's, and it's not too good for us, so we have to watch the amount of salt we add onto our food. Anyone here? have to do that. Um, don't have to own up. But uh, it's quite common, isn't it, that we're, we're told not to have salt. You know, uh, kettle chips. I love kettle chips. And one day I found uh, these kettle chips that were, were called lightly salted. Has anyone seen them? Maybe you've tried them? And they're absolutely revolting. Um, because they look like a kettle chip, but they don't taste like a kettle chip because there's hardly any salt. And all it is is kind of potato and fat. Salt can do a few things. Um, it can enhance, and uh, really that's the, the aspect of salt I want to talk about today. Um, it can enhance. It makes a difference. You know, when you, um, I think what I actually did, which completely defeats the point of trying to have low salt kettle chips, was when I got my kettle chips, and after a few bites, I thought, this is no good. I went to the cupboard, I got some salt, and I sprinkled them on. And then they began to taste like chips again. Um, the, uh, I mean, the big danger, of course, for, for, for ke with kettle chips is that they always make them in these ginormous bags you're supposed to share with your family. But if all the family have gone to bed and there's no one to share them with, I find I eat almost the whole bag. And then I feel bad and leave just a few in the bottom. And then the next day, someone says, oh, there's kettle chips. <laughs> Daddy had them. Um, it happens quite a lot. Um, salt can do wonderful things. Um, Sometimes, I, I remember a few years ago, I'd, I'd fallen off my bike, um, and, uh, um, uh, and I, I've still got a bit of a scar here, and, and um, I remember um, we were on a, a trip with the school, and we were, we were at, this, at the beach, um, and I was desperately trying to kind of go in the water um, and not get my arm wet, because it was all bandaged up. I was so, you know, I, I wanted to be in the water. It was a hot day, um, unusually for, for Wales, where we were. It was, it was actually 25 degrees. It was really hot. So I'd gone in the water to cool down in the sea. And, uh, and if you know um, the, the sea in Wales, it's quite, um, the waves come up quite high. And so, so despite my attempts to stay dry and keep my arm out of the water, the salt came on. And I thought, oh, no, what's going to happen? When I took the bandage off to redress it, the wound had pretty much healed up. You know, that's what salt can do if you have the right amount. It can cure a scar, it can heal a cut. You can put it in your bath. Um, if, if you go running, which I do sometimes, um, not as much as I should, but, but, but after running um, and the joints kind of ache, you get in the bath, you put some of that salt stuff in, and it can help. So salt is about enhancing. Um, what else can salt do? It can preserve. Salt can preserve. An ancient method, method of preserving food was to was to put salt on it. And before we had a fridge and a freezer, we would preserve food by putting salt in it. Um, and the third thing that salt can do is it can destroy. Um, the Dead Sea in Israel, 
Uh, that is not a sea you want to swim in if you're trying to save a wound from getting, uh, um, you know, from, from getting salt in it, too much salt, because it's got 10 times the salt. Nothing can survive there. That's why it's called the Dead Sea. Um, if, uh, if anyone's done this, um, it, it probably is very cruel. I'm not even sure if it's, if it's legal to do this anymore, but if there's a slug it, and it's trying to destroy your vegetables, a bit of salt. Anyone admit to doing that? Um, and, uh, and, and actually, you can do that too. Um, people that spray pesticides all over their, their driveways and their, and their sidewalks, um, if, if you put salt in, in, the, uh, in the weeds uh, and a bit of water, that will probably have the same effect. Um, so salt can enhance, it can preserve, and it can destroy. Um, what about us as Christians? When we're added to a situation, we're to be enhancing. We're to be enhancing. We're not to preserve um, and, and, and just keep something good for a long time. Um, if, you, if, you, if you look at some groups of Christians, they've, they've taken to let's preserve. And so they, they step out of the world. Um, think of the Amish community. And, and they, they step away from everything. Actually, we're called to be in the world, but not of the world. We, we, we need to be in the world. And as we're in the world, we're to be enhancing it, bringing the kingdom of God to the places where we are. We have to get the right level um, of, of doing that. Light. Another analogy, basically the same point. Light can enhance. That, I think, is the kind of light we want to be. We need to be light that enhances. We need to shine a bit brighter um, than others around us. And, and it's not something that we need to try and do. It's something that we can naturally do as the Holy Spirit is in us. When I talk about the fruits of the Spirit, I say these aren't a tick list of things we need to try and do. These are things that we will do as we are filled with the Holy Spirit. They're a result. Just like fruit on a tree is the result of where it's planted and the light and the water that it's had. Um, if you try and sell a house or if you go and look at an open house um, or go and see a show home, it's quite a fun thing to do on a rainy day or it was before COVID. You know, go, and, go and look at one of the new developments and walk through the show home and pretend you're going to buy it. Um, it's, it can be quite fun. Um, and uh, anyone admit to doing that? No, maybe it's just me. Oh, thank you. Good. I, I, I was worried then. Um, and, and you'll notice they've got all the lights on. And not only have they got all the lights on, there's kind of the lights under the kitchen counter. The light on the oven will be on, you know, just to, because they want everything to be enhanced and look its best. So that's what light does. Uh, the light coming in through the church here is lighting us enough so we can see. But you don't want too much light because the next kind of light is, is, um, is, uh, is too bright. Uh, that shock when you, you've been inside and you, and you go outside on a bright sunny day and you need, you need some sunglasses because the light is too bright. If you travel on an airplane, you'll know that if you are uh, traveling at night, um, they, will, they will make an announcement just a few minutes before landing, about 40 minutes, you know, we're beginning our descent and uh, we will be switching off the cabin lights. This is normal procedure in the hours of darkness, they say. What they don't tell you is the reason why it's normal procedure in the hours of darkness. Do you want to know? Some of you do. If you don't like flying, you won't like to know. But the reason is, in the event that you need to evacuate the plane in an emergency, when you're landing, read into that what you will, uh, the idea is that your eyes have acclimatized to the external light conditions. If it's dark outside 
and you're coming into land, and for some reason you have to come out of the plane through the evacuation slide, if that happens, uh, you want to make sure that you don't suddenly get the shock of going from this bright airplane cabin into complete darkness. So that's why they do it. Too much light. And then there's a third stage, which is blinding. You know, we're told never to look at the sun. Most of us don't look at the sun unless there's an eclipse. And then it gets really tricky because we're told, look at the sun because there's an eclipse, but don't look at the sun. What am I supposed to do? Too much light. So we transform the world as Christians. And we're called to do this by enhancing, by getting just that right amount. I went to a seminar uh, some years ago uh, with someone who worked for a Christian organization about how you can be a Christian on Facebook. That was what the seminar was. It was really interesting. And he had this phrase I want to give you. He said, you need to get the right salt and light quotient. You need to get the right salt and light quotient. In other words, you don't want to be having every single post you do saying, hey, come and look at Jesus. I've met Jesus. He's the most amazing person in the world. He transformed, you know, if every single one of your posts is like that, then your friends will unfriend you or hide you and say, I'm, I'm done with, with, uh, with following that person because all they ever do is talk about Jesus. But the opposite is if there's not enough salt and not enough light and you never mention uh, you know, I, I remember working with someone, and um, I'd worked with him for 18 months, and then I discovered by accident that he was a Christian. And our hope is that people know who we are, and they can see our faith a lot quicker if we're with them on a daily basis than it taking a year and a half. So it's finding the right amount, the right balance, as with salt and as with light. Um, we went out to uh, um, the lighthouse um, and there's a, there's a video that might play. All it is is a picture of a lighthouse. Um, but the, there you are. Um, anyone recognize where it is? It's, uh, it's, um, I can't hear anyone because you've all got masks on anyway. But um, <laughs> it's uh, Lighthouse Park in, uh, in West Vancouver. Um, and so we were out there. Um, nothing much happens in the video. It's just a, I just stood there for 30 seconds and filmed. Um, I think a bird flies through at one point, if you watch carefully. Uh, but the, there it is, kind of on the edge, and this lighthouse has been there for a long time. And if that lighthouse was here in Maple Ridge, it would be absolutely useless, wouldn't it? Because there it is at the, um, you know, on, on the edge of, of the Barad Inlet, basically saying to ships that are coming, hey, you need to be careful. Uh, the, the light is in the right place. And um, as Christians, we have to make sure we're like that lighthouse. That we put ourselves as the lighthouse is on the top of a rock at the edge. And it's quite dangerous being on the edge. I mentioned some Christian communities who, who kind of hide away from the world. We have to be in the world, but not of it. And that means we have to be quite close to what the world is doing. Otherwise, people will think we're weird. But we need to make sure we stay rooted, rooted as Christians in our faith, so that we can share, we can be salt and light. Salt that enhances, we're to enhance where we are by bringing the kingdom of God into that place. We're to be light to those places. We can enhance where we are by bringing light into darkness. 
And it might be a family situation, it might be a workplace, it might be in your neighborhood where you get to be light in the darkness. And statistically, here in Maple Ridge, BC, as for Vancouver, as for many parts of the developed world, you're it. You're it. Don't expect someone else to come along and be the light of Christ in that place. Quite possibly, you're it. You might be the only Christian in your workplace, the only Christian in your family, the only Christian in your neighborhood. And so you get that privilege of being light. You get to be light in that place. And I just think it's amazing. Uh, I've, I've used the illustration before of what if we drew a map and got pins. And at one time we did it, we had a board up there and we all came and put pins on and said, here are the places where we'll be at 10 o'clock on Monday. And just how God sends each of us even in the summer, if you get to go on some kind of vacation, you could be the light in your campsite, the light in your hotel. And someone might just notice something about you because you're a member of the kingdom of God who's come to be, be a kingdom bearer in that place. So we're called to be agents of transformation, which is a wonderful responsibility that we have and a wonderful joy we get to transform so if in this season of covid you've been feeling you know i'm just not sure what my purpose is um i've certainly thought that what's my purpose as a, as a pastor of a church that can't meet um for several months on end and then even as we can meet we, we can't meet normally and fully many of us are thinking what's my purpose and aside from anything else we might be called to do in life, our purpose as Christians, as people of the kingdom of God here on earth, as people who know Jesus as our Lord and Savior, is to be salt and light. Salt and light that enhances, that make a difference in the world. Because I don't know about you, but from what I see of the world, it needs people like us be making a difference so that all may come to know Jesus Christ. Amen.